glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. Luke chapter 15, and uh, we'll begin reading in verse 1. We'll read through verse 24, and then we'll pray once again. And then with the Lord's help, we'll preach the message that God's put on our heart today. In chapter 15, verse 1, the Bible said, Then drew near unto him, that's unto Jesus, all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he had found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of of the angels of God over one sinner that repented. And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a certain, or to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields, to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, 
And let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Let's pray. Father, again, we're thankful this morning for this opportunity to be gathered together in your precious name to worship you today and to honor you. And Lord, we ask now in these next few moments that you'd still our hearts, Lord God, may we Uh, purposely pay attention to the Word of God. May Holy Spirit of God, you speak to each and every heart. I pray, dear God, for your anointing and your help this morning in guiding my words and thoughts. And may, Lord, the Word of God go forth in power today and, and reach us, Lord. And, Lord, I pray if there's one here unsaved, I pray today would be the day of their salvation. And, Lord, help us who are saved today to draw closer to you and honor you and glorify you. We'll thank you for all you do. Now, Lord God, we pray again for those who are in Mexico today. God bless them and their services there. And, Lord, may there be much fruit for the glory of God, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I I love this parable. Most of us, I'm sure, do. Uh, This parable of the, the lost sheep and the lost silver and the lost... Son, and there's lots and lots of things we can glean uh, from this passage of scripture. There's so many different pieces of this story that we could focus our attention to uh, this morning, and time wouldn't permit us to cover all of them. But I want us to notice, uh, first of all, the reason that the Lord told this parable, and then try to focus on that direction this morning. The Bible said in verse 1 again, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners uh, for to hear him. I want you to notice here's a crowd of people. The Bible identifies as publicans and sinners. And the Bible said they drew near uh, for to hear him. Now these publicans, I'm told, were, were Jewish people that were tax collectors for the Roman government. They were hated by their own people. Uh, they usually were, many were extortioners and, and took more money than were supposed to take and so on. They were despised people amongst their own people. And then the Bible said that those kind of people and sinners uh, drew near to, for to hear him. It doesn't really qualify to us uh, what sinners these were, what kind of sinners they were. Some people speculate that these were Gentiles outside of the covenant uh, relationship that God had with the Jews. I don't know that for sure, but the Bible said uh, they were sinners. Amen. And uh, we're going to look at that a little closer today. Then the Bible said, but these people, the publicans and the sinners, and no doubt these people would be uh, classified as sinners in the light of the religious crowd of that day. In other words, they weren't uh, as religious ceremonially and so as, as the Pharisees and so on were. Uh, but I want you to notice they, they drew near to hear the Lord Jesus Christ. So no matter what kind of people they were, publicans or sinners, or what kind of sinners they were, in this passage of Scripture, they were doing something that was right. They drew near to hear the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Notice, if you will, in verse 2, And the Pharisees and scribes murmured. Now, the Pharisees, of course, was that religious group, that religious hierarchy in Israel, very powerful, 
very, very ceremonial, uh, very hypocritical religious group of people who grew to hate the Lord Jesus Christ and despise him to the point of conspiring to put him to death and eventually did do so. Uh, that was the Pharisees and the scribes. Those men were men by occupation uh, that wrote down the law of God. They were the men that copied the scriptures down. Now, these were people that were religious by nature, religious by occupation, but instead of coming to hear the Lord, they came to murmur against him. And here's what they were murmuring about. They said, this man, talking about Jesus Christ, receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Now, if you know much about the scribes and the Pharisees, you know that they were the kind of people that had absolutely nothing to do with so-called publicans and sinners. I've read that uh, the Pharisees would walk through the marketplaces and draw up their garments as tight as they could to their bodies, lest their garment touch a sinner and make them unclean. They were that they were that uh, uh, ridiculous in their in their thinking. But here they're they're accusing, they're murmuring the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're meaning this in a negative way. They're saying this man receiveth sinners and eateth. With them. You know what? That may have been a negative statement on their part, but thank God it was a very positive statement on my part. Amen. I'm glad this morning that the Lord Jesus Christ receiveth sinners. Aren't you? If we were to look in the scriptures this morning, we'll find when Jesus walked on this earthly ministry that over and over and over again he received sinful people unto himself. He received people that were ceremonially unclean. He received people like the lepers, for instance, the diseased. He received people uh, that were demonically controlled. He received people that were morally bankrupt. Amen. Immoral people, people that were in gross sin. Uh, But Jesus Christ, when people came to him Thank God he received them. He did not reject them. He did not turn them away. There were some that came to him and went away. But my friend, thank God he never rejected one. I'm glad, thank God this morning, that Jesus Christ received sinful men before he went to Calvary when he walked on this earth. Then I find that you examine him on the cross. He's hanging now between two thieves. And there Jesus Christ is still while he is dying, while he's drawing his last breath on this earth. He is still receiving sinners. Aren't you glad? Thank God Jesus said to that thief, he said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And he received that one who's literally dying because of his sin, being punished by this country and his nation, and dying as a guilty sinner. Jesus Christ received him. And I'm glad, thank God, that after Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood and was buried and raised from the grave, I'm glad, thank God, Jesus Christ is still receiving sinners. I'm glad for the day that I came to Christ and and received him as my Savior and he received me, amen, as a sinner that became a son. And I'm glad this morning that the Lord Jesus Christ is still in the business of receiving sinners. 
You know, I'm sure if you, certain kinds of people in certain levels of society were to walk in some kind of, some churches today, they wouldn't be welcomed. They'd be turned away. You know, if a church is what it ought to be, it ought to have the heart and the mind of Christ. It welcomes sinners to come. Amen. That doesn't mean they welcome their sin. It doesn't mean they approve of their sin. It doesn't mean they're going to put a check mark and an okay of their sin or overlook their sin. But my friend, every sinner ought to be welcome under the sound of the preaching of the gospel because every sinner needs Jesus Christ as their Savior. This morning I'm glad, thank God, Jesus Christ said that He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Now the Lord in in response to the murmuring of the Pharisees and the scribes when they say this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them, Jesus immediately begins to tell this parable. And I believe this parable, even though it's in three parts, I believe it all is all one parable put together. Three parts of this parable uh, to express uh, the mindset and the heart of Jesus Christ to be the same mindset and the heart of God Almighty. You see, the Pharisees believed that they were worshiping and following and were disciples of God the Father. They claimed God to be their Father and said, we worship Him and rejected the Son. But Jesus is going to show here the reason He received sinners and ate with Him is because He had the same heart that God the Father has towards sinners. And in this parable, He expresses His heart and the reason why He received sinners uh, in these three pictures here in this parable. And I want us to look at these. Uh, there's some things that are common in all three of these. I want to point a couple of them out. Uh, one of these is uh, that in each one of these stories of something that's been lost, uh, you have a repentance taking place. Now, you don't have a repentance on the part of the, sh- the part of the sheep or the part of the coin, but in both of those cases... Jesus said uh, that they repented when one sinner repenteth. He mentions the word repent with the sheep and with the coin, the silver. In the third part of this story, he, he, he tells us and shows us what that repentance is, what it means, how it comes about. And that young son, that younger son, he comes back to his father when he comes to himself And he says, Father, I have sinned. And there's a complete turnaround, a change of direction uh, in the change of thinking in the heart and the mind of that young man. And that's what repentance is. It's a change. It's a turning around. Amen. He went from not wanting to be around the Father to now the Father is who he wants. There was a true repentance in his heart. He came confessing he had sinned. He came not making excuses for his sin. He came not blaming anyone else for his sin. He came not minimizing his sin. He came not glossing over his sin. He simply said, I have sinned and am no more worthy. That's repentance. Amen. Jesus brought that subject out in each one of these. And then he brought out another subject and that was the subject of rejoicing. Rejoicing. He said when that man finds that sheep that's been lost, he rejoices with his friends. And he said, likewise, there's rejoicing in heaven over one sinner 
that repented. You ever think about that? You think back about the day. How many remember the day you got saved? Amen. I still remember that day. I never in my, my farthest dreams ever thought that that day heaven was rejoicing because I got saved. But that's what the Bible says. And you know what? Heaven doesn't rejoice necessarily over a building going up or a parking lot getting paved or a new carpet put on the floor. But when one sinner repents and puts their faith in Christ, the Bible says there's rejoicing in heaven. Isn't that wonderful? When that woman found that lost silver, the Bible says that she called her friends together and said, Rejoice, I have found that which was lost. And again, the Lord said, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. You know what the Lord was saying here? Listen. What makes the heaven rejoice is when a sinner repents. That's what makes heaven rejoice. Why shouldn't, why shouldn't Christ receive sinful men if that's what makes heaven rejoice? Amen. Notice if you will now, this is really what I want to bring out today and, and just help us to understand this matter of a sinner. And these three pictures here that the Lord gives us in this parable... I believe you have uh, uh, the threefold condition of a lost sinner. Each one of these represents that which was lost. And all men are lost sinners until they're found, until they're saved by the grace and the mercy of God. You can't get saved until you get lost. Isn't that so? And many times one of the difficult things to do in dealing with people about salvation is getting them to the place where they realize they're lost. In order to repent, you've got to realize you're lost. Amen? Now notice, if you will, the Bible said here in verse 3 again, he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. Jesus here talking about the lost sheep. He's talking about one sheep out of a hundred. He's using here this story that people would have recognized and realized in that day and they would have realized how important it was if one sheep strayed away from the fold, that the, the shepherd would go out and find that one lost sheep. That, that is a picture uh, of, of the sinner in the sight of God. And uh, the condition of the sheep is that he's lost, but he's carelessly lost. Carelessly lost. How did the sheep get lost? The sheep got lost by just wandering away. He just wandered away. You know, the Bible pictures us as sheep before we're saved. It also pictures us as sheep after we're saved. But in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 6, the Bible says, All we like sheep have gone astray. All we like sheep have gone astray. I'm told when I read about the nature of sheep, that the nature of sheep, is that they tend to go astray. They tend to wander off. I've read that sheep are some of the dumbest animals on the planet. 
that they are defenseless, uh, that they are almost helpless without the shepherd being there to watch over them. And what you find here, Jesus here, is, is giving us a picture of a lost sinner uh, that is lost uh, because of the nature, of his nature. The sheep gets lost because of its nature, its nature. It naturally drifts. It naturally grows away. You and I are lost by nature. We're sinners by nature. Amen. We do things, uh, we sin naturally. That is our nature. We're born with a sin nature. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible makes it clear the nature of man is a sinful nature. Nobody had to instruct me on how to lie. Nobody had to instruct me on how to cheat. My friend, it just came naturally. Amen. How many of you can say I was just a natural liar? Well, if you didn't, all men are liars. The Bible says that. So we're sinners by nature. Every, every human being born into this world is born with a sinful nature. That's why we need to be born again. Amen. So that we can receive a new nature and become a new creature in Christ. There are people that would argue and say, well, I'm, I'm not a sinner. I don't need Jesus as my Savior. I don't do that bad. That has nothing to do with it. You're a sinner by nature. I'm a sinner by nature. Just like that sheep that went astray. We've gone astray from God. There's none that seeketh after God. Thank God. God seeks the sinner. Just like the shepherd sought that sheep. You and I, all of us, even these little boys and these little girls, they're sinners by nature. It's just in their nature to stray away from God, to stray away from that, the safety of the shepherd in the fold, to say, to stray away from that, that place where they can be taken care of. We've wandered far away from God because of our sinful nature. Not only does Jesus here point out that a sinner is like a sheep. He's a sinner by nature. But number two, uh, I want you to see here about the sheep, though, that 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 sheep is lost. And that sheep is lost out there in the, the wilderness. And the wilderness is a place of danger for the sheep. Every one of us, when we're born into this world and we're sinners by nature... We are sinners in the, we're surrounded by the danger, if you please, the dangers of sin, the danger of the foe, the enemy, the danger of dying one day without Jesus Christ and going to hell. It's a dangerous thing to live a sinner's life. Dangerous thing. But I want you to notice, second of all, not only does he use the lost sheep as a picture of the sinner that's a sinner by nature, Then I want you to notice, he said in verse 8, Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. Now the lost sheep, he's lost because of his nature. He's lost 
uh, he's lost carelessly. That the lost silver is lost by neglect. Here's a woman that's lost her coin. She's had ten coins. She's lost one of them. I want you to notice here this coin didn't wander away by itself. It didn't lose itself. This coin was lost by another. The woman lost the coin. She's lost by another. That tells me something about the nature of a sinner. You and I are about the sinner, the condition of a sinner. Not only are we sinners by nature, but we're sinners because we've been made lost by another. You say, what does that mean? Look, if you will, in Romans again. In Romans chapter 5, if you will, just for a moment. Romans chapter 5. In Romans chapter 5, in verse 12, notice this. The Bible says, wherefore... As by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so that death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. I'm not only a sinner by nature, but I'm a sinner by birth. I'm a sinner by birth. The Bible says you and I are all sinners because we're born sinners. And we're all born sinners because we all came from Adam, the first man that was created by God. You know the story of Adam and Eve and how they transgressed the word of God and sinned against God. And the Bible says, wherefore is by one man, that one man was Adam, wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. I'm a sinner by nature, but I'm also a sinner by birth, and so are you. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. Amen? We're born wrong the first time. We get born right the second time. We find here this this silver, it was lost, and it was lost in the darkness. It was in darkness there, uh, being born or being made uh, lost by another. It's there in the dark, and this woman has to get a light and begin to cover the area with light to find that lost coin. You know what the Bible says, that before we're saved, we're in darkness. We're in spiritual darkness. Look, if you will, in uh, John, or in Ephesians, if you will, for a moment, in Ephesians chapter 3, or Ephesians chapter 2, rather. Ephesians chapter 2. I want you to see what God says about sinners before we're saved. Ephesians chapter 2. In verse 1, the Bible said, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in disobedience, in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath as others. Uh, God says, listen, you were in a place of darkness. We were walking after the prince of darkness, walking after the course of this world, dark in our sin, dead in our sins, no light. Jesus said in John chapter 3 over there that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. You see, Jesus receiveth sinners. He receives sinners who are sinners by nature. They're sinners. He receives sinners who are sinners by birth, made sinners by another. 
That was Adam. Then I want you to notice the third one here in Luke chapter 15 again. Jesus here uses not a, not a sheep or not a piece of silver, but he actually uses a son. And all of these people could have related to this son and this analogy. And there's so many things that could be said here. But I want you to notice the condition of this lost son. This lost son is not lost simply by his nature. And he's not lost because he's been made lost by another. But he's lost by personal choice. He's willfully lost. He's lost by choice. Notice, if you will, the choices this young man makes. Again, in verse 11, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. Here's a young man who made a choice one day as a young adult. He went to his father and said, I want what's coming to me. He made a choice. And he said, Give me the portion of goods that followed to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the young son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, this young man made a choice. Not only did he want what was coming to him, but he said, I'm making a choice. I'm leaving home. I'm not only making a choice to leave home, but I'm leaving a choice to go to a far country. The Bible said, and there he wasted his substance. He said, I'm not only making a choice to go to a far country, but I'm making a choice as to what I'm going to do with my life. And he wasted his substance, the Bible said, with riotous living. And then the Bible said there arose, and he spent all, and there arose a mighty famine in that land and began to be in one. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. He made the choice to go work with the swine. Over and over again, here's a young man. The Bible says a little bit later, his father said, My son was dead, and now he's alive. My son was lost, and now he's found. This boy made some choices, and the choices he made brought about his lost condition. He's lost out there in that far country, far away from the Father. You and I are sinners today by nature. You and I are sinners by birth. We're born sinners. But we're also sinners by choice. Amen. We're sinners by choice. Now here's the good thing. This, this young man that was a sinner that was lost by choice came to a place where he, he made several wrong choices, but then he made a right choice. The Bible said he came to himself. I may even remember the day you came to yourself. You remember, you realized that you were a sinner by nature. And you were a sinner by birth. But you were also a sinner because of the choices you had made. And the choices you had made was to live apart from God. Separate yourself from God. Live your own life. Do your own thing. Live your own way. No matter what the cost, no matter what the consequences, you made choices to live without God. And then God will give you the opportunity to make a choice to repent and come to God. And you made the choice to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's how we come to God is through Jesus Christ. I'm glad, thank God this morning, even though 
You and I are sinners by choice. We can choose to be received by the Son. Amen. The Bible says as a result of that boy making that choice to come back to God, which is a picture of a sinner getting saved, the Bible said there was rejoicing there. The father rejoiced with him and rejoiced with his household and all that rejoicing that went on is a picture of what takes place in the heart of God the Father when one sinner repents and makes the choice to receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. You know, we could say it this way. You and I are not only three threefold lost, but we're three-time losers. We're three-time losers. We're sinners by nature. We're sinners by birth, and we're sinners by choice. Thank God when we choose to receive Jesus Christ, fall upon his mercy, that's what that boy did, fall upon his grace, fall upon his love, that's what that father extended to that boy when he came, and that's exactly what God the Father does for anyone that's lost. My friend, when we come with our sinful nature, and we come with our sinful birth, and we come with our sinful choices, and we repent of our sin and come and fall upon the mercies of God, my friend, by receiving Christ, there's rejoicing, and he receives us. You're here this morning, and you're not saved. You're still lost in your sin. There's a God in heaven who wants to receive you. Amen? There's a God in heaven that wants to save you. He wants to forgive you of your sin. He wants to make you a new creature in Christ. He wants to give. He wants to be rejoicing in heaven over that sinner that repents. That's what he wants for you this morning. I realize that most of you here this morning probably profess Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and thank God you do. But if there is one, just one, you notice the emphasis here, and each one of these stories was on one. One sheep. One coin, one son. You know what? The Lord Jesus Christ is is interested in one sinner. One sinner that repents. I remember when I got saved and I prayed that morning and asked the Lord to forgive me and save me. And I'd wrestled with it for weeks. I had made choices week after week hearing the gospel preached. I made the choice not to get saved. I made the choice to continue in my sin. I made the choice to go on in my, in my wickedness before God. But when I made the choice to trust Christ as my Savior and repent of my sin, I remember the man that prayed with me. He said, Gary, he said, if you'd have been the only sinner on the face of the planet, Jesus died for you. Wow, that meant something to me. Jesus Christ died for me. Amen. May I say this morning, Jesus Christ died for you. Do you know that today? Have you received him? The Bible said to as many as received him. To as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Amen. Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and received him? Do you know today that you're saved, that you're on your way to heaven? And if so, then you've got something to rejoice about. Amen.
we've got something to praise God for and thank God for for the rest of our days. But if you're here and you're not saved, then I want to give you an opportunity this morning to come and trust Christ as your Savior. It's an individual thing. You may say, well, my family's saved, but you've got to be saved. Amen. Well, I'm part of a church and everybody's saved, but you have to be saved. Each one of us have to be saved individually. Thank God we can be. I'm glad this morning that Jesus Christ, this man Jesus Christ, still receives sinners. No matter what kind of sinner you are or have been, no matter what you've done, my friend, the Lord will receive you. You come to him with repentance and faith. He will not turn you away. Amen. He'll no wise cast you out. Mm -hmm.